Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sports Desk on Sin. You're the Wednesday crew. Uh, you're back with James, Lonnie, and Taylor. Very different Wednesday crew, but good morning, everyone. I know. What's good morning. On? Everyone What's has to on? deal with me for another hour. <laughs> You've had about a what a four-hour stint. I know, and I'm running out about four hours sleep. So, yeah. <laughs> so, doing all right. Well, I must say, I walked into the studio and you looked super fresh for a Wednesday super. morning. I mean, thanks, girl. I appreciate it. But I mean, how about we talk about this? Is very close to my heart. Yes. But the tennis. The tennis. Let's Australia, get, let's get some tennis quickly. Just like the Australian Fed Cup. They yes. played the final against France and the on French the weekend. haven't won that since two thousand and three. So, but Australia had a forty-five-year t- uh, title drought. Well, so, we're not close. We're not close <laughs> no, so we had a lot of pressure riding on the Australians, and I know we've got Ash Barty, number one seed in the world. So we did have that to our advantage. However, I we fell like, short. I feel like there was a lot more pressure on Ash Barty though, because she's the world number one. There Did was a lot of pressure. That or was it just me. There was, and I feel like also the Australian public does put a lot of pressure on her compared to all the other Australians. Mm. However, she can deal well with pressure, mm. and yeah, she's number one. She's just won six million dollars. I think like the, she's done heaps. The beautiful thing about coming out of that Fed Cup, as much as it it's sad, was like seeing Ash cry. And I know that sounds really bad, but you can see the emotion in her face. How hard she wanted that. How much she wanted to win for her country, win the Fed Cup, and I think. You don't see that too often in any sport when the players actually break down and cry. And that's the moment that, I don't know about you guys, but I actually like to see that because you see how hard they're really willing to go to win that. You know what I mean? It was very heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Because I actually watched that game. So to feel everyone in, yeah, I watched it (laughs) on Sunday. (laughs) That's that's even worse. To feel everyone in, so France won 3-2 in the best of five rubbers in the final at Perth. So Christ- Christina Manovich and Caroline Garcia. I'm they glad were you're just the name, not me. <laughs> I know it was yep. a bit hard, isn't it? A bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> but they were just too good for Barty and Samantha Stoza in the Sunday's doubles decider and they cruised to a six four six three victory to secure uh, France a third Fed Cup crown. So it all relied on that doubles match. And Sam Stozer, to be honest, I absolutely love her. She is an Australian sweetheart. She's won what the US Open. Um, I don't think we give her enough credit that she deserves, but I think that is definitely a strong pairing, them two. So I think it was definitely an upset that the French um, ladies won. But French number one, Manovich, she's ranked 40th in the world. She earlier stunned Barty, and she actually um, won against Barty in the singles, 2-6, so she dropped the first set, and then easily 6-4, 7-6, and 7-1 in an epic two-and-a-half hours single ba- singles battle. And for three sets, that's huge. Yep. So the third set, as I said, the score it was 7-6, so she just got over the line in a tiebreaker. So that is that is a tough loss for Barty, and she must have been very I think disappointed. That's why I probably hit her, going hit home, home more. She was yeah. So she was just distraught. But I must say, um, yeah, I just think I also think the pressure of not winning forty five like in forty five years was a, a little bit too much. Thing. We'll have to wait a little bit longer now. Yeah, but I think though. It will be now, it'll be really good for Australian tennis having Ash Barty um, ranked number one. 
I think um, it's amazing for, for the women, Australian Open for women in tennis. I think it'll open for a Aussies, lot of doors. For Aussie females, definitely. I think the men's draw is just really lacking us. Originally, I think if you spoke about tennis probably like no, five years we're, ago, we're some great um, men at the moment. Yeah, but we're coming up. I think who was they're it? Coming I think up, Alex Dermino is yeah. ranked. Uh, Number eighteen in the world, something like that. And but I like also none think of them, that he's he, he's he's. But great. is he in contention to win a title though? Probably I don't not think yet. Not this. Not that's yet. What, that's what I'm trying to say. I feel like, in, obviously, with the female side, obviously you've got Ash that's in contention, and there's a lot of other young girls coming through. But if you were to look at tennis, say five, ten years ago, there was not that many Aussie females, and it was all about Sam Stozer. And obviously, she did really well. She made it to the. It was more. She came about second. She came runner up at the Oz Open. Um, Sam did, but and back then it was all about the men's, like you know, Tomic and Kyrgios. Back then, now obviously the roles have changed, and for us girls, I love it. I, I'm, it's amazing to I see love that. It as well. And I've heard a lot of like some of my mates that are obviously are male. They actually rather watch the females play than the men's purely because they're just doing so much better. The us Aussies. And so. this is our first year. Well. It was our first year since I think two thousand two, two thousand three. That oh, we have long time ago. Yeah, that we have an Australian ranked number one I coming into the Oz Open. Who was it? it Leighton Hewitt. That was going to say. Hewitt, and uh, yeah. yeah, so it's very exciting news for us. It'll be exciting just to see if if Ash can actually clench it. The only issue I would have is the pressure. Well, she's at home. Like she that is expected to win. She is number one. But I feel like she'll work hard over the preseason. Yeah, but I'm very excited. And I just think, though, the Australian girls should be proud of their Fed Cup finals appearance. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, they were so close and they, they, they did do really well just to get there. I know, look, they didn't clench it and win the title. But you know what? Next year. Exactly. They still came home with the trophy and a lot of money. So I know. And they also. <laughs> they can't complain too much. Yeah, and now Austra- the Australian public are talking about them. That's exactly, what we want. After. Way too long, really. <laughs> what about you? You were James there, just I've sitting there in the corner? I've never seen you so quiet. Yeah, I'm just... T- tennis isn't really my thing. You don't I mean, like tennis? You like I, know, I love it. I love it. Do I you want to know what his it. thing is, Tay? Snooker. Yeah. Uh, good reference. If you haven't listened to Monday's podcast, listen on Omni because then you can find out my love for snooker. Uh, he was watching a snooker tournament game live on air live on Monday. Live on air, yes. It was very and entertaining. we went to a break and I said to him, do you know how to play? Do you know the rules? Nah, I had to explain to him the rules. I just put the balls in. <laughs> but he likes the game, so you... Uh, I mean, it's pretty good playing shocked. at one, you, and one in the morning at a pub. I mean, it, it's pretty fun. You know, you get, you get like yeah, the yellow balls and the red balls. Sounds and interesting. And them in, that's all We're it talking is. about yellow balls, back to tennis. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I will say that Barty is now resting. My God. She's actually not um, competing anytime <laughs> soon. She's actually resting and recovering because she hasn't been on tour for the, like, for, like, the whole year. So it's her first chance. She gets to rest, recover, and actually really soak up the glory of being number one. My God. <laughs> What are a segue. Not, are tennis balls not green? No, they're yellow. They're yellow. What are you on about? Are they not like a fluorescent no, green? No, they're yellow. No, they're yellow. They're definitely yellow. That, all right, you need, what you, you need to like edit that and make that like a, a stinger. What? Talking about yellow balls, let's go back to the tennis. <laughs> we've got well, I've got a quote from Barty here. After the final, um, her and Sam were obviously really upset because I feel like 
they love tennis. They want Australia to really appreciate tennis. Mm. And look, they've done a great job this year, especially Barty. But she said it's obviously going to be a tough one. This is something that all of us have been looking forward to for six months. And I think now it's about resting, recovery and uh, and reflecting on the year that's been. For me... But I think for all of us, in a Fed Cup-specific point of view, the journey that we've been on is just simply remarkable in the last two years. Even though it's tough, now, in a couple of days' time, I think we'll be all right. Do you have any more tennis news to add to that, sir? No, That's I'm just... Taylor. It's a party party. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Party party. But there talking about... I know you guys said that the boys aren't really as up Yeah, I get kind there. of bored watching the boys. But I love the boys. I think, though... We used to rely yeah, on the, the curious, the um, Kokinakis, um, and he was good. I saw him at a music festival once. <laughs> Tanisha Kokinakis. Yeah. No, but we used to rely on them. But now we've got actually a lot of like tennis players like in the top one hundred, mm. boys and women. So I just think, but I feel it like none of them show. are really in contention to win a title just yet. But you never know, because what. I think it's Alex. De- I'm, I'll let me Demon check this. Yeah. yeah, he's um, ranked number eighteen. Yeah. That's his highest ranking. Yeah, you know what? He could. I know he could surprise. He could surprise everyone us. next year, hundred yeah. percent. But I'm just thinking, besides him, there's no one else really. But it's, yeah, but especially in a Grand Slam, I think it's all open game. I think because it's the biggest tournament of the year. Emotions are flying high. The adrenaline's big. It's anyone's game when you mm. step on there. It's all about the mental battle. Now, whoever, mm. like I know they've all got the physical battle, but whoever is better mentally on the day, I think all they've right. got the chance. I got one last question for both of you before we get to a quick song. Will Nadal catch up to Federer and make the twenty? Has he got twenty Grand Slam titles? No. Uh, I do love Nadal. Federer he's got is ranked, nine now, I so, think. So Nadal actually just became ranked number one yep, um, after the a year. few weeks ago. Yep. So congrats so will to Nadal. he equal Federer next year? I'll just give you some context. Djokovic is number two and number three is Federer. Mm. Federer is my play- favourite player of he's the game. He's everyone's favourite, really. He's just so relaxed. He is, to be honest, I think he's an inspiration to all of the young players out there and he's Everyone's got so much respect for him. I think Nadal can he equal can. Federer's title, Perfect. especially because he is clay court king. However, it will be tough for him. All right. Well, on that note... And, but talking about Nadal, Whoa, I've, got, I've got a fun fact. Go. Fun fact. Fun fact. He so actually just got married to his um, childhood, childhood sweetheart a few weeks ago as well. Give her in that. I know. Fact of the we day. love that love's in the air, don't we? But Federer didn't get an invite. Oh. But no, I don't think many tennis people did. I think that was really intimate family only. Yes, but Federer and him have a great relationship. They're probably all the busy, charity maybe. Matches. They're like brothers. <laughs> he was busy, mate. But a really good fun fact there before we move on, the King of Spain did go to that wedding. Fair enough. All Fair right. enough. Alright, we're getting to a break. Everybody, we're going yep. to a song. <laughs> Taylor, relax, go on a song. <laughs> oh, this is Cycles by Tro- Tovlo. I can't even say that, but that's how dying I am. You're listening to the Sports <laughs> it's Desk. It's a struggle. You're listening to the Sports Desk here on Sin. That was Cycles by Trovlo. You are listening to Gets Your Here on Sin. Uh, uh, I mean, it's the, the Sports Desk. The Sports Thanks, guys. And this I'm is what sorry. happens when you've been on air for the last four hours, hey? It does. And All then right. you have to listen to my tennis rant. Yep. And my phone is still playing random music and I don't know why. Well, anyway, let's move on yes. and let's talk about the AFL draft coming up. Please. Yes. What hey, a hot talk topic to that is. Footy is only well, 120-something days away. Okay. I've got a thing for you. Yes. So, Kerry, 
They've got an amazing yeah, Keradarma, the school. They've got an amazing football program. They do. And this year, it's said that they've got the number one and the number two potential draftees. Well, I mean, if you look at the potential number one and two draft picks that they've listed, um, number so number two they've got uh, no, so number one they've got uh, Matt Rowell. Now, he's a midfielder from Oakley Cannons, plays with Vic, Vic, Vic Metro as well. And then Noah Anderson from Oakley Chargers um, and Vic Metro. So they hang on, they, they both play Oakley Chargers, sorry, not Oakley Cannons. <laughs> um, that's a soccer team. We got there, we got there. So they're both midfielders out of Oakley Chargers, Vic Metro. Um, one's 188 centimetres and then one's 10 centimetres shorter. Um, now, these both, I'm guessing, are from Kerry, saying they are potentially the one and two draft picks. Now, I was talking before we went on air, um, before the show even started, about um, the race with like in competition between private schools in Victoria, and like the race between who's the best school to come out of football. Now, it is a top like it is that is a great topic as well. Just be, and it's like, like it's I don't know. Like to be honest, like there's so much rivalry between those schools. Oh yeah, like, big time. I'm I would be surprised if they even like helped each other out in terms of. Getting somewhere else other than yeah, yeah. school, if that well, makes sense. I mean, what, what would be the big ones? Xavier. Wesley. Uh, no, Wes, no, Wesley's, St. Wesley's Kevin's. had... St. Oh, Kevin's is up there. Sit. Really? That's a shock. Yeah. So, that, look, all the schools who have... Um, <clears throat> you know how like, you have inter-school sports? I don't know what they call it between yeah, those private schools. I think it's APS. Yes, I think so it is. Um, oh, so like GSV. No, that's no. girls. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, that that combines uh, Xavier, Scotch, uh, Brighton Grammar, Xavier, um, oh, what are the private schools up in, in, in the southeast? They're, um, all my, they're all our area. Yeah. I can't think of any right now. Well, all of them compete in that, um, in like, you know, they play each other in footy and but a- athletics. And I've got the stuff. question as well, but do you think it's the school that shapes the athlete or is it the athlete's... That actually have all this good ability. They've been doing extra work outside of the school programs. Yeah, and I think that that these athletes make a name for the school. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. But then, but then the school takes ownership of it. Of course, of course, the schools always do that. But I feel like if the if it was really up to the school, then you'd see a lot more players coming out of those schools. Whereas you probably see like two, three tops. Well, I mean, out of every year, you know what I mean. So I feel like it's the athletes that are putting in the extra worth, both on and off the field, playing for the school and their clubs, that make the difference at the end of the day, and that's why they get drafted. I mean, look, looking at. Xavier, Xavier's caught my eye a lot in this because they've been leading the run from what I've seen. They had five draftees in the 2018 draft mm-hmm. who played their first year this year. Um, in particular, Finbar O'Dwyer, who plays for Carlton. Um, and then Jack Silvani actually came from there as well. So they've got quite a few uh, draft draftees who are now making a name in the AFL and VFL. Carlton probably have a, a lot of them because Mark Pittsnett was there. A now lot of them. Um, yeah, so for me, they're, they're leading the race between who's the best school. Close second would be Kerry and um, St. Kevin's. Brighton Grammar also are um, leading in like the mid-pack race, if you'd say. Mm. Um, they had number one draft pick Andy McGrath in the 2016 draft. So they've got potential. Um, they've had, I think, three more draft picks after that. So not too bad from them. But for me, Xavier's leading the race. They're just too good. What's I mean, the biggest name to come out of Xavier, you reckon? Hanabry? I'd say so. Hanabry? 
Dan, I, Dan I Hanna- love Dan Hanabry. Dan I spoke Hanna- to him uh, actually not, a would, few weeks ago. Would he not be I the mean, not a few weeks ago on Friday. You he's a very talented. <laughs> no, he's a very talented player. He was what all Australian, three times all Australian. Played ten se- seasons at the Swans and has now just been. Gone at St Kilda. However, yep. I do feel sorry for him. He has had a rough year. It's what a nightmare of a year. Firstly, Body moving wise. clubs, yep. and like I know Man, he's on Body. a great deal as well, but he would be put under so much pressure, especially oh, yeah. for the St Kilda fans. Like they thought he was the star recruit, that he was going to help the St Kilda. Like what? Maybe even be premiers, but the only thing was is he just had a shocking year with of injuries. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, look, it's always going to happen when you're older. Um, he's got an older body. I mean, 2012 he won the premiership with the Swannies. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I he's a great guy. He's probably 100%. the best name that came out of that. Jack Silvani. Um, yeah, but also, I feel like he hasn't lived up to his potential just yet. Yeah, I think mm. Jack Silvani's great, great player. He's still very young. Yeah, I think Dan Hanabry is just miles ahead. Oh, yeah. Because he was part of, like, what, the leadership side at the Swans, Swans. moved to the St Kilda. Like, he has done so many. Like, what hasn't he done? Yeah, exactly He's won so many awards. And he's, like, been been a part of the AFL for 10 years. Yeah. That's a lot Yeah, I mean, it takes a certain amount of skill to get in, um, to play in AFL for 10 years. But, But, yeah, mm. I think, um, yeah, for me, Xavier's led in the ranks between, you know, top draft picks. I mean, you know... I'll get private schoolboys messaging me saying, what are you talking about? Don't diss our school. We're tops. We've had all these number one draft picks. We've had all these whatever like that. But, um, yeah, so that's basically the race between schools, as you'd say. But, yeah, I mean, going on to the point that you talked about, um, you know, does it, is it the player who makes his name or is it the um, school that impacts, you know, the success? Um, now, look, I've got a couple mates who play um, cricket at and go to school at Wesley. Now, they've got Damien Fleming as their bowling coach, who's arguably one of the best Australian test bowlers of all time, right? And they go on and they play cricket. Uh, I think, I'm not too sure if Will Sutherland, who made his debut yesterday for the Vicks, who went there, but I know one of the really top eight uh, fast bowlers went to Wesley, and they are thriving. I mean, the young 17-year-old who's um, made his debut for Victoria as well, he um, he plays in that APS stuff as as Wesley do and a lot of them he's only 17 so a lot of people who I play cricket with have played against him and he said the class of APS cricketers is ridiculous and that's why so many of them are getting um, caps in Victoria two or three years after they finish school not even in year 11 I mean this kid who's 17 is playing in he's, he's doing what year 11 or year 10 exams now playing cricket for Victoria like it just shows like these these top um, class schools Wesley Xavier St Kevin Scotch all these schools um, certainly make an impact on the, you know, um, player. But then it's the under-18s, TAC Cup teams who, you know, give yeah. that extra driving force. But I would say it's more the associ- associations outside of yeah. the school. Oh, yeah. Like, for example, for tennis, I feel like it's Tennis Australia that gives all the, the players the extra support, yeah, yeah. not the school. I know that the school gives time off. They give, like... What they like scholarships extra to tutors, the athletes, stuff, extra yeah. tutors. But I think what really defines the skills of an athlete is what they do in training. Yeah, hundred percent. You got to, but mm. you have to give respect to the schools because you know they they do accommodate um, the kids. They do, you know, pay a lot of money for high class coaches to come in and coach this um, senior teams of footy. I mean, you know, Scotch College has got one of the best um, coaching panels in. 
you know, the APS, and it's ridiculous. They've got, um, I think, three um, over 200-game AFL players. Can't remember their names, but I read it in an article, I think it was last year when SCN posted about the whole draft pick things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how they, you know, get all these high-class athletes, former athletes, retirees from the AFL to coach them. Um, and talking about also Xavier, yep. back to the Dan Hanbury, yes. his first season was actually in year 12. Yep. So he actually played the last seven games. Back then it was legal. Yeah. but, but <laughs> Back then it was legal. <laughs> he played the last seven games while whilst... Like completing his VCE. Yeah. Wow, like when I was doing VCE, I was struggling to just focus on the VCE. 100%. 100%. So, like, props to him there. And I think even in terms of that, the school would have definitely helped him in terms of scheduling wise mm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing for the, you know, student to have success, but then, of course, the school's got to impact it. And I know we don't want to put a lot of credit towards the schools, but you have to put a little bit of credit because they're the ones who accommodate with the time management, scholarships, you know, giving time off, whatever like that. Um, but, a, yeah. A fun fact, though, about Dan Hanbury. Yes. So that first year he played seven games yes. in year 12, his debut year, and then for the next nine years he averaged 15 games or more, and it's only been this year because of his injury that he's only played five. You love Dan Hanbury. No, I she just, really I just spoke re- to him about you, his career. You I, I think really he's a great. Him. I think he's a great guy, though, and I also think that especially for the young St Kilda um, boys, yeah. I think he's a mentor to them as well. Do you want to do a shameless plug your idea of your podcast? No, I mean, you I mean, as I mean, well. I mean, you've got airtime. You may as well. <laughs> Come on. That's Sporte Pod. Come on. That's Sporte Pod. <laughs> because I put the Tay in Sporte. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> That's your catchphrase, babe. Let's be real. Let's be real. Um, yeah, so. It's just interesting facts. We're just 100%. talking about that. It's facts. But with the draft this year, do you think, look, I've, there's a lot of criticism mm. after the draft about the list managers. Yeah. What do we think about that? <sighs> list managers, list managers. you got to. It's 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 a hard topic to you know talk about because um, I'm not too knowledgeable about that sort of area with like you know recruiting and all that whole process. But I mean it's it's their they're they're getting paid top money to do a top job, and they wouldn't be hired you know if, if they couldn't do if the they skills. couldn't if they couldn't do their job. And you know in, in the end they've got a lot of um, a lot of things right. A lot of selectors have got a lot of things right. But then again, they can get a lot of things wrong. I mean, we had uh, who was it? Who got delisted this year? Who um, uh, he's this one name, but he got draft number one draft in twenty fifteen, and he got dropped. We'll I, come I back on that. We'll I can't remember that, but I do know what yep. you're talking about. Yep. But we'll put over the song, and then let's actually talk about the preseason draft. Yes, that is a huge topic at the moment because Carlton might have a massive play. We hope. One day. <laughs> uh, this next song is One Two Step by Missy Elliott. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on Sin. This was One Two Step by Missy Elliott. And here are you are listening to the Sports Desk good? here on Sin. Yes, I got it right. You got it right. Time. The first time um, it's taken you half an hour. It's taken me a while. <laughs> With a new look Wednesday team, it is the dream team, Taylor. James oh, and Lonnie. Dream team. Oh, I love that. Dream and he's team. a big call, but Huge hey, call. I am vibing it today. We are, we are. I've called you <laughs> the king, I've called you the princess, and I'm the queen. <laughs> All right. Well, before the break, yes. we actually we've spoken about tennis, we've spoken about AFL draft, and whether the school makes a difference on who's um, number one, number two kind of draft in that yep. terms. So make sure you guys tune in um, to that if you've missed it. Check it'll it on be the posted. Podcast. Yeah, it'll be posted um, online on our 
on Facebook the potty page, boy. On um, the potty the sports boy. desk. But now, let's talk about the preseason draft quickly. Yes. Like, yes. what do we think of it? The preseason draft was introduced this year. What do we think of it? I'm Look, not too knowledgeable I, about this. I actually didn't mind it. And I also didn't mind the mid-season draft either. I thought that was a really good thing that, you know, it helped. Obviously, it helped Richmond. But I feel like if that keeps happening, there are going to be teams that are going to be looking at that, getting that middle-aged player that's out there to help boost their team for the end of the season. I, and really build I'm, a I'm team all, around exactly, them. Exactly. I'm all for it. I, I think it should have been introduced a long time ago. So I but think next year, if it keeps going the way it's going, it's going gonna, it's gonna to improve a lot. I just think the big headline at the moment is, so the Blues, they're set to nab million-dollar son in pre-season draft. So Jack Martin, oh, yeah, who, played, who plays for the Sun, he's expected to join Carlton at the start of next year just because he's demanding a higher salary than the Suns want to pay him. So he actually delisted himself from Gold Coast on Monday and he nominated like turns for a new home in the upcoming preseason draft. What do we think of that? That is a huge call That's really for the a, Sun. a player taking his own, like, he just he, he's just going out on a limb, really. Yep. Um, it's a risk. It's a huge it's risk. A risk. If do he doesn't think, get picked up, do you think he's going to get picked he's up? He's going to have egg on his face. I think with the talent that he's got, he's going to get picked up. There's no doubt about that. Whether he gets picked up by Carlton, I'm not sure. But I think I haven't really heard of a player that has actually delisted de- exactly. themselves in preseason. That, that makes it. What's a he going to do now in preseason? Thing. Who is he going to train like train mm. with? He to do by How? Himself. What is he going to do? Like I know. A player at his standard, he probably doesn't really need to improve any physical things. But still, he's be out there. Keeping fit, training. Well, this is the same. He'll have egg on his face if he doesn't get picked. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, this is the same story with um, uh, Essendon defender Michael Hartley. Now, I was uh, so worried that he was going to get delisted because he's played all season in the VFL and he's only played a handful of games in the AFL this year. He's arguably one of our best defenders and Essendon's list management has just gone to absolute crap. Delisting Mitch Brown... um, which was a trap. I don't know why they did that, but you got to respect them. That's a decision. They work for them. They get paid money for it. They can do what they want, right? But he has said that he wants to leave the club because he wants to see other opportunities. Again, pre-season draft, do I think he's going to get drafted? 110%. He's one of those other players who is really good. I think it's a bit of a power play. Oh, 100%. What the has done. Just because... After like the draft, obviously the boys are like playing it's and the training. Biggest power the coaches move. then can have a say, being like, "Look, I don't think he's up to playing like in the AFL league this season. We need someone to replace him. Let's maybe target someone in the preseason draft." Um, yeah, I, I don't. But know. do you know what's interesting in the story that I told you about Jack, Jack Martin? Yes, he actually requested a trade in the actual AFL trade period this year, but mm. he failed to secure it, which is. Pretty interesting. Like, if I was him, I like request, it is a bit nerve wracking. Did he request Carlton? He actually failed to secure a move to Icon Park. Yeah, mm. during last month's trade period. It is a so big, like he obviously is, is wants to be a blue, but yeah. a blues. But I don't know. I just ugh. is he worth the extra money that he, he's asking for? That's a, another question that the Blues have to ask. Like, if the Suns aren't prepared to give it to him, and they need him more than ever. Mm. Well, he's 24 years old. So he's still got a long career ahead of him. And because he delisted himself, here's a fun fact for you, he actually waives the right to move as as a delisted free agent and must nominate for the pre-season draft. Hmm. Fair enough. We'll see how that goes. I'm excited just to see what second year of the pre-season does. Yep. All right, well, 
I mean, look. We're moving over to a, another round. Ball. Should should we move on to some, some soccer, football, or should we move on to some cricket? I thought you wanted cricket. Didn't I don't you? mind. I mean, I'm com- currently take the plunge. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's go some football because um, this is soccer for anyone that doesn't understand. Yes, football. world world football. Yeah. Now, uh, money, you brought up a point to me. Yep, which I will share to the talk everyone to me. first. Because while I so, put together a squad. Yep. So, um, over the week, um, last week, there was a lot of talk about. Um, anyone that doesn't know, Liverpool have a clash of a schedule. Um, so that it now has been confirmed. They're playing Aston Villa, I think, I can't, I can't remember the exact day, I think it's on the Monday. And then the next, the following day, in another country, I will add, they are playing in the Champions League. Now, that's two games they in two days. Have I, I don't think they've actually chosen to do this. No, they've decided. It was in the paper yesterday. Oh, so they've actually made this decision, have Yeah, they, they have. It's wow. confirmed. Right, so... Um, my thing is, like, obviously, like, I am, I love my, I love, love Liverpool and I love soccer. I love watching it, doesn't matter who's playing. But how would you then pick, as a manager, who plays in the Champions League and who plays in the Aston Villa oh, game in the right EPL? Up my alley. Right, so, I because I understand we've got a full side, we've got a great squad and everyone can play the really depth well. In this squad we've is got insane. great depth, but who makes the cut for what? Okay. And which one, as a player, would you rather play in? All right, can I give you my. By all means, my go. squad. Because this right. is annoying me a little bit. Okay, so my squad for the Villa game, all right? This is the Aston Villa game. Aston Villa um, and are a newly promoted side. They are currently sitting in 17th, all right? So it's not really a big game. Now, you can rest players. You can take them to the Champions League on the Tuesday, without a doubt. Um, so I would rest Mohamed Salah. I would rest Sadio Mane. I'd keep Firmino up front. Keep him in England. To keep, play, yep. Keep him resting because he's very high maintenance. Mm-hmm. He's very injury prone. Um, I would keep. I wouldn't keep any of the midfielders. I'd send them all. So in midfield, you'd have Fabinho, Jorginho, Wijnaldum, and Jordan Henderson. I'd send them all to Champions League game. Okay. And then I would replace them probably with uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Adrian, Adrian, sorry, Adam Lallana, um, and probably Naby Keita. Yep. Um, that's good depth. That's all you need because you're playing a four-three-three. But then, who would you have on the bench? Youth. Straight Just through for both. Smack him with youth. Oof. Because yeah, all right. you're and only allowed three and your subs. Defense? And your defense. Uh, I would. I would keep Day um, Dayhan Lovren. I would. For Champions League. No, for Villa for game. Villa game. Yeah. Uh, and I would keep Trent Alexander Arnold. Oof. Yes. Okay, and then you'd send. I'd send Andy Robertson and Van Dyke over and Allison. And then you keep Adrian. And Adrian would be back home. Um, Joseph Gomez would be um, in defence. Yep. And then I'd stick maybe a youth player. Look, the Alexander-Arnold one is debatable, but it works either way. Because you can easily put a... um, My my theory is, is it worth, like, potentially dropping the Aston Villa game? No. No, no, no. Because Premier League is your main thing. If you remember last year, I know that, you I'm lost just, the Premier I'm, League I'm just, by two millimetres. Don't, don't. I know I'm fired up you about that as it is. Yeah. I know that. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand League. our logic. So this is what's been confirmed. Right. So um, we play Aston Villa in England on December 11th. Then on the December 8th, thousands of miles away in Doha, Qatar, we are playing some other club for the Champions League. So that, hang on. What, what were the dates? December 11 is the Aston Villa game, and then the t- December 18 is when we're playing for the FIBA Club World Cup thing. Mm, so, that's, hang on. So, December 11th, did you? December 17th. Right, I apologise. December 17th. Is the Aston Villa game. I'm just saying, it just it just frustrates me. 
Wait, so what's what's Culp gonna do? He's just gonna go to the Champions game and get like one of the assistants to do the Aston Villa game. I, I'm so confused here. What date is it? Is a Villa game? Villa game is the seventeenth. I've said that four times. Okay. Yep. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. No, I mean, like you, you, you've got to manage this as, a, as a professional that. club. I mean, you've got depth. I'd, I'd 100% I'm keep Dehan Lovren. I'm just saying it'd be so hard as a manager to pick who goes where. Yep. To help win at least one of both games, mm. you know? Yep. Anyway, that's my little that's rant interesting. over. Yep. Um, is there any other football? I mean, look, there is the there is talk. You know, you can talk all day about the um, uh, FFA and the A-League getting um, independence next year. And you can see... So what? let me inform Taylor on this. Yeah, you might want to. So Taylor, um, the A-League, which is the <laughs> Australian is like, um... Professional Football League, is uh, run by the FFA, which is the Football Federation of Australia, who own the Socceroos. Okay? Now, what they want to do is the A-League want to become independent because... The FFA is keeping the A-League on a leash and it's not allowing them to expand. We've got two expansion teams, but that's not enough. They want to create like a second division with like the best of the second division teams, but FFA don't want that. And then they don't want the salary cap, you know, so then teams can expand whatever they want, get high-class players. But then we all know that man, uh, Melbourne City would just win the league every year if that happened because City Football Group owns money and a lot of oil. So, you know, oil equals money. Interesting. But... I mean, look, that's what's going on with that, and it's very close to happening. I believe um, next two years it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's certainly a talking point because, you know, would you um, would you keep the salary cap? Would you um, limit limit the amount of spend? So abolish your salary cap, like, from what it is and allow maybe, I don't know, $10 million as a transfer, like, limit. So, like, that's salary cap. Now it's... I don't, I don't. I'm not too sure how much it is, but I mean, you're not buying players that are worth three, four million pound, like you know, euros or pounds. You're buying players who are like four hundred, mm. five hundred thousand. So it's not like that great quality. Um, but I mean, look, that's certainly every day you can talk about that because it's it's it's, it's an evolving topic, and every day only time will tell how that topic goes. Hundred percent. Really? But A-Leagues are developing. Well, on that note, we're going to get to a quick break and then we can talk some cricket for you, James. Uh, I'm going with a bit of a throwback here. Uh, This is Beauty and a Bee by Justin Bieber and Nicki Minaj. You are listening to the Sports Test here on Sin. That was Beauty and a Bee. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on scene with Moni, James and Taylor, the dream team of a Wednesday debate desk. We're now talking cricket. Cricket. The cricket. Um, Which will all be oh, James. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You got to, you have to like get involved in this. Okay. I've I got like a question. I know cricket. we briefly spoke about it. Yes. Sam Smith. Sam Steve, Smith. Steve Smith. Steve Smith. <laughs> Sam Smith. <laughs> I was like, Sam Smith. He's a singer. <laughs> Sorry, but I was just messaging Sam. But um, Stephen Smith, what do you reckon about him? Stephen Smith now. Uh, he can did... you talk to me about this? Yes, I just can. Just because I do follow the cricket. Cricket's Thank not God. my strongest point. I'm talking to someone about cricket. But can you just tell me about just what do we think okay. of him? Um, he like. A lot, there's a lot of talk in the Australian media that they want him to be captain again. Yes, yes, like yes. I know he's a great batsman, but what do we reckon? Well, look, he's available for captaincy in March, um, which would lead him into the South... Not South Africa. Uh, would lead him into the winter season, wherever they're going. I'm mm-hmm. not too sure where they're going. I think they might be going subcontinent this year. I think they might be going to India. 
because mm-hmm. I haven't gone to India since 2016, 17, I think. Um, now, look, they played... New South Wales played Western Australia yesterday, and Steve Smith did feature in that. Um, he scored 103 off 295 He's deliveries. Great. He's stunning. Um, I'm obsessed with this cricket. I think it's just attractive cricket. Whatever he's doing, his technique is flawless. Um, it's working for him. And now, look, I don't think he should be captain just yet. I reckon yep. he should let, being l- captain, let Tim Payne have a go. But being captain, this is a whole other talking point. Yep. Do you think being captain is because of your ability or the fact that you can actually lead others? Leading, 100%. So then why is the Australian media so on Cricket Australia's back saying they want Steve to captain? Because, look, I think I think when a captain drops their form like Tim Payne has, it's certainly you're under fire because if you're not good enough to be in the team, then you shouldn't be in the team. And if you're captain... You, so are you, we saying he's not good enough to be in the I don't think Tim team. Payne's good enough to be in the test team because he's not holding his ground as a batsman. I mean, he only scored his second 100, career 100, um, in Tasmania, I think it was three weeks ago. Yeah. His second ever, right? Now, he's a, he's a keeper, all right? He's fantastic as a keeper, but when you're a keeper and you're, you've got to hold up with the bat. Now, Matthew Wade, I think, could do the job a lot better. Because he's an explosive hitter, he's a perfect number seven, um, who can come off a batting collapse in middle order and sustain himself and hit runs. Um, but with Tim Payne, yeah. we have to give him, we have to give the bloke some credit. Oh like, yeah, one hundred percent. He's the first look, captain since what O two to bring the Ashes yeah, home from and England. Look, everyone really disrespected the Australian cricket team, yeah. and really. They weren't happy with them mm. after the whole incident. Like, it was a bit of a disgrace to Australian sport. Oh, without a doubt. Like, especially because it's on the world stage and mm. it was everywhere world news. Tim Payne actually stepped up and, look, the, the it's risen. Like, cricket has risen in Australia because of him. And I know you're saying, like, I completely agree that maybe he shouldn't be in the test side, but can there be a captain on the bench? Can he just be there to lead no. or a mentor the other boys? No, not at all. Yeah, the, the captain's cap has to play. It's not like a club captain who mm-hmm. just... I mean, like, what are you going to do? If you're going to sit on the bench, it's not like your career's going anywhere. Because if you're sitting on the bench and he's not playing, you may as well just play shield cricket and actually get some money. You know what I mean? Because when you're sitting on the bench and not doing it, you're not getting paid as much as you are on the field. You know, if I was him and they said, you're not going to play, I'd much rather go back to Tasmania, play some shield cricket, earn some decent cash, right, rather than just sit on, you know, be a water boy... And be eleventh man. And so your predictions man. for next year? Because you're saying the, um, right, for the, the sun- captaincy comes up in March. Is that yes, what we're saying? Yes, available for captaincy in March. What is your predictions? Do we think Tim Payne's going to delist himself? No, he, he he keeps it. He keeps it. He'll call time on his career when he when he wants to. Cricket Australia has no intentions on giving him the boot at all. Um, I think he's had a pretty good summer so far with his like shield cricket, and I would love to be proven wrong. Because if he backs up the bat with a 70, 80 in, you know, the um, the first inning, second innings, backs it up with another 50 in the second innings of the first test, I'll be more than happy to be proven wrong because I love that bloke. I think he's worked so hard. He's one of the oldest blokes to ever get a gig in time from get Because Steve Smith and Tim Payne played their first test together, right? And the gap between first test and second test for Tim Payne was like six years or something like that. It was ridiculous. Because he just got replaced by Brad Haddon and then Matthew Wade came in and then Matthew Wade was there and then Gary Neville came in and then uh, Matthew Wade came in again 
and then Tim Payne came in against um, South Africa. But do you know what I think? I actually kind of like the fact that Cricket Australia aren't looking to boot him, even though he's yeah, underperforming. I like it too. I like it too. And even though there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders, the fact that Tim Payne actually helped Australian cricket rise out of what? Like the shame of the whole incident. Probably the darkest um, the darkest year, period the of darkest year of cricket history. Cricket. And I think the fact that he actually put all that on his shoulders yep. and actually could get them out of that I little agree. bit of a hole, I think it's really nice that Cricket Australia are supporting him. He's gone nowhere. I mean, without doubt, if he backs up the bat, he'll be fine. If he doesn't, he's still going to stay because he's still there till March. Will, can I just say? Yes. Do you think Steve yes. will actually push to be captain again? No, not at all. He's one of those blokes who's a team player. He's like, if they give me captaincy, whatever. I don't care. My main focus is playing for Australia, getting back in form. Because, He's in form. <laughs> Let well, me like, tell you. You know, you know what I'm saying? Though? Like getting yeah. back into business. Because he um, he got interviewed, I think it was in the Ashes, when he posted that 250. And they popped the question to him. He was like, I'm more than happy for Tim to keep going. Because it doesn't bother me. I'm more than happy for him to do it. I enjoy him being captain, whatever like that. And, and you said Tim Payne is the oldest. He's one of the, on the oldest, team. yeah. But let's just say, don't you think that proves a good mentor Without to the younger doubt. cricketers? Without a doubt. He's got a lot of experience, a lot of shield cricket experience, a lot of one-day experience, a lot of and T20 also, experience. And also, like, cricket is actually going to amp up. Channel oh, yeah. 7 now has the rights to cricket yep. as of last year. Yeah. What, we've got a lot of um, cricket happening in the next, what, month, two months? Yeah. Let's talk about that. All right. Well, quickly, we'll move on to the shield cricket that's been happening the last couple of days. Um, now, we've got... Four, three games going, um, and the fourth being the Australia A taken on Pakistan. Now, uh, New South Wales and Western Australia are in at the SCG uh, at Stumps on day one. Uh, New South Wales have p- declared for eight for four hundred and forty-four, and then mm-hmm. they put WA into bat. And Western Australia are one for eighty-five um, with uh, Darcy Short and Sean Marshy in both thirty-nine and twenty-five, and then. Uh, South Australia hosting Tasmania at the Adelaide Oval end of day one as well. Um, South Australia declared for six for 490 and then Tasmania are two for 176. Runs for South Australia go to Jake Weatherald with 198. Um, Harry, Henry Hunt with 132 and then uh, Harry Nielsen with 64 not out. Uh, now going on to the Vic match now, this was a bit of a delayed match due to rain mm-hmm. and the crap weather that was in Melbourne yesterday. Queensland got put into bat first. Uh, they only made... They were all out for 183 runs, only to Charlie Hemphrey, who batted out the whole innings, basically. Now, Mitchell Swepton was 12 not out at the end. And now, Victoria are none for five. Now, Jay's, Jake Fraser-McGurk, who is... Can I ask you a good question yes. here? Let me just butt in. Yes, 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 yes. I do follow the cricket. Yes. However, I'm more with, like, I follow, like, the Oz team. With the Oz team, do they actually get spread out over New South Wales, Victoria, yeah, like and all that kind of thing? They all, play for their state, They, they hey? play for their respective states, and mm-hmm. then they get picked. Yep. That's how it is. That's the way it's always worked. New South Wales has always got the upper hand because it's like yep. from New South Wales. That's the way it is. Um, but, I mean, it's always going to be like that. And as a cricket fan, yep. do you think Channel 7 has done a lot a lot better job in covering it than Channel 9? Oh, it's a, oh, Look, this, this is a very is a hot topic. Just because, Can I just say, yep. 10 did a shocking coverage of the horse racing. Thank God I didn't watch it. 
Oh, it was God anymore. All right. Um, but that's another thing. Yeah. But um, let's talk about what do you think of the coverage wise? No, because I no, think no. for the Australian public, for them to get into a sport, like I know mm. the cricket like goes on for a few days, um, depending on the scoreline. Yeah. But don't you think whoever cover like who, whoever actually like um, has the right yep. to cover it? Don't you think that draws the audiences or it doesn't draw the audiences? Seven lost a lot of viewers last year. Lost a lot of viewers over the summer because it was seven. I mean, I switched over to Fox Sports to watch it because they're highly more entertaining. I think they've got Michael Slater, they've got Ian Healy, who I thoroughly enjoy listening to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was on summer holidays back in high school, I was sitting on the couch for days watching Channel 9's coverage. You know, Richie Benno. I just um, think, like, in ter- talking about the coverage, I think them swapping. So, what, Channel 7 um, bought the cricket and then Channel 9 bought the tennis. Yeah. I think that was a big power play there. Oh, yeah, well, without a doubt. And I think also, like, what, Channel 7 had had the tennis for five, six years. Yeah. And I think it going to nine was big. Like, oh, a lot yeah. of fans were just like, oh, because normally it's like thought the summer of tennis on seven yeah. and then it's moved to nine. However, in saying that, I think nine did an incredible job with it. They yeah. actually really stepped up. It was their first year. They had a lot of stuff to prove. Yeah, exactly. So in terms of your cricket thing, no. would you say seven did the same thing? Not at all. I don't like it. And I never will. I'm always an old-fashioned bloke. I love the old intro of um, Channel 9 with yep. the cricket. You know, the little intro. That's my phone ringtone and it will be mm-hmm. forever because I love it. I, nothing's going to change my opinion. Channel 9 is always going to have the best cricket coverage. They have it for the Ashes. I frothed over it for, what, a good two and a half months when they had it because it's just the best coverage of the cricket. Everything Channel they 9 does... Their, they changed their commentators as well, hey? Yeah. They were signed to 9. They couldn't go to 7, could they? Yeah, and we'll, look, for the Ashes, they got an exception because they were already signed on before the deal was done because they said that Channel 9's always going to have the Ashes in England. But the summer of cricket in Australia is always going to Channel 7. Tell me and yes. tell everyone who's listening, what's the next big thing for cricket? What should we be watching? Where should we be watching it? Australia A, um, currently on day two of... Um, no, yes, currently on day two of their three-day match against Pakistan. Now, this has got a lot of um, Australian prospects, a lot of Australian household names. Um, I mean, we've got Marcus Harris, Joe Burns, Usman Khawaja, Travis Head, Cameron Bancroft, Michael Nisa, all these blokes who are going to play for Australia, and none of them have made over 50 against why Pakistan. Do, why doesn't that surprise me? 100%. This is just Australian cricket to a T. Now, I don't know if they're going to get selected, and if they do, well, it's a travesty. I just... You know what? It's gotten to the point where I'm just lost. Mm. Like, Australian cricket has just gone to absolute... Uh, I, I don't know. Look, I... I don't, it's you know, like that. Yeah. I'm it's very like upset. None, the whole team hasn't made over 50. Cameron Bancroft made 49. That's close. And got caught off a subfielder. <laughs> it's close. 49. <laughs> yeah, you're at half. Joe Burns. Full kind of gal. Yeah, yeah, close. <laughs> Joe Burns, who was a what, former opener for Australian test team, Golden Duck. First ball of the whole innings. So what do you think these players can do coming up? Tell me. Like, what can they do? Is it about the training or is it about the mental kind of thing? Two words. Yep, go. Hit ball. Make runs. (laughs) That's it. I'm living with that. Two words. Make runs. How do they make runs when, like, do they have the physical ability to be able to make runs? Three words. Hit the ball. Hit the ball. All right, now on that note, I sadly have to wrap you two up. Um, It's been an amazing show. Thank you guys as always. Wow, Um, it's already... 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. 
Um, you can catch us on Friday as well from 9am. Um, and if you want to listen back to any of these shows, uh, today's show or the shows in the past, you can head up to all of our socials or head to Omni at the Sports Desk. Um, anyway, I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy, Bye. team.